Hello, listeners. This is Face for Radio with fucking Harrison, Randall Aubrey, and me, the Viking. Let us delight your ears as we talk about all the current nerd news in movies, TV, science, and technology right here on Face for Radio. Your nerdgasm awaits. Welcome, everyone, to Face for Radio, your one-stop shop for all things nerd. My name is Randall Aubrey. Joining me now is fucking Harrison. Hello, people. And the Viking. Hello, everyone. What's going on, everybody? We got a docket full of great stories for you tonight. Starting off, we're going to top this whole thing off with a little bit of hot Star Wars action. Um, We got a story coming from Consequence of Sound about Disney actually employing drones on the set of Star Wars Episode Eight to prevent you nosy motherfuckers from getting the story. No spoiler alerts here. No spoiler alerts here are allowed. Dude, this shit is this shit is crazy. I love the fact that they're on the cutting edge of 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 technological nonsense oh, yeah. with trying to like just keep a tight lid on everything. This is some next level security shit. You know, the only thing I'm not surprised about seeing this, uh, well, actually, I, I, let me take that back. The only thing that I am surprised about seeing these little drones is they don't have, like, a Disney logo on the side. <laughs> you know, they need mouse ears. Yes, Yucky mouse ears. Mouse ears. <laughs> no, I mean, uh, these these things look legit. You know, it's got four rep- uh, propellers on it, and they've got, you know, the full 360-degree lens on it. I didn't actually look at the link yet. I'm going to um, pull it and up. It's, and it's great. It's got Star Wars emblazoned on the back of it. And no then this shit. thing is, like, cropped on top of it. It's really funny. But uh, yeah, they uh, Disney is employing drones. Is this, is this it on the on the top of the page with the yeah. four blue? Yeah, yeah, that's it. And that's, the, that's like it's like BB-8 the in the yeah. bottom, looking down on everybody. Yeah, this shit is amazing. Well, no, and it looks like people are are so so keen about this that apparently somebody made a, a little mock up uh, and. They put uh, a model Millennium Falcon together, and then they put some yeah. propellers on top of it, <laughs> so it's zipping around. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. No, I know, um, what was it? I think Target actually had when the when Episode Seven came out. There's a Millennium Falcon drone that they they dropped, and that was like the hottest selling toy of the Christmas season. Um, some next, shit. To, next to the BB-8 that you could control yeah, yeah, with yeah. your iPhone. Yeah, which yeah. everybody wanted one of those at a hundred dollars. They were going off the shelves like mad. I know it's just it's ridiculous. Well, I, I'm I'm thinking about Disney's logic here. You know, first they you know they have Disney, big powerful empire. Then they now they have Pixar. Now they have mm-hmm. Star Wars. Now they have their own army of drones. Oh, like. Next up, world domination. Oh, I mean, are you it's, it, they've already conquered the world. Yeah, are you it's, kidding? It's wor- yeah, they have. They have like this world cinematic domination thing is on lock. I mean, they already take a lot of my money every year. Oh, and, as and, well as your right. money and your money. This is true, right? No, it's all a matter <laughs> of time. Rather, all a matter- I give them my money. They don't take anything. I happily <laughs> hand over hundreds of dollars to Disney. Well, I mean, every year drone deliveries of your Disney DVD. You know, oh, it's, Jeff it's Bezos coming. from Amazon. <laughs> Right, I recently heard about that be, too. He's gonna be he's gonna be dro- dropping your your fucking toys right off at the door, um, in his little Millennium Falcon drones. Yeah, nerdy. So that's interesting because in a related note, uh, the Dutch have decided to start training eagles to take out small drones in their country. <laughs> the reason why they're doing that is because they don't want to shoot them out of the air and hurt civilians. So the raptors that they're training, it's their natural instinct. They go in, they swoop in, they catch that fucking drone and damn, it's down. Do the raptors hunt like smaller birds? Is yeah. that what yeah. they sm- hunt smaller aerial yes, prey? Yes, they do. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's <laughs> yeah. So they're perfect for the job. And training them to go after so drones Disney instead just is kind of awesome. 
cannot invite the Dutch to their set. Cause oh, yeah. <laughs> no, there's going to be a Dutch envoy that's going to show up and they're like, I don't even, I, I, what's the fucking duck, Dutch accent? I don't know, but they're going to be like, we need to call Gandalf. He needs to train the eagles. He needs to train the eagles to get the drones, to get, to, to get the drones. Oh no, no! You, you just you, Peter, you just Peter went into Jackson's Lord, command. You just went into Lord of the Rings territory there. <laughs> no, serious. Gandalf uh, no, is no, going to no, fucking train the Eagles to take out Disney's drones so that Peter Jackson and Weta Workshop can get the jump on the franchise, right? And fucking take it over right under from right under from Mickey Mouse's tail, just like that. So the next story we have in Star Wars is something I nerded out on uh, a little bit and. I'm sure, well, I'm assuming that the both of you did as well. Um, apparently, one of the, uh, when they were doing storyboard ideas for Ray's vision once she touches Luke's lightsaber, um, as everybody knows who's seen the movie hundreds of times, uh, the first scene we see is uh, the hallway in uh, the Bespin reactor room. Apparently, they were supposed to cue into a longer scene there where she sees Luke and Vader fighting. She obviously doesn't know who either of them are, but you, we as the, the frothing, savage Star Wars fans that we are, we know exactly what she's seeing. So mm-hmm. apparently this, uh, this, this didn't get fleshed out. Um, you know, no actors were actually cast. They didn't really shoot anything, but um, there are some storyboards up and some images that you can go through. Uh, I'm kind of disappointed, honestly, that they didn't do that because that would have been really fun. Because they were going to reshoot this. They weren't going to use original footage from Empire. They were going to put somebody in Luke uh, in in the Bespin garb that he had on and somebody in uh, the Vader uh, in the suit. And um, just kind of, you know, mimic, you know, everything that happened, but give a kind of a bird's eye view of what was going on so she could see, you know, and kind of relive this. And again, I'm I'm kind of disappointed because I think that would have been a lot of fun to oh, get yeah. a kind of perspective. Absolutely. I think it kind of opens up the floodgates for me. I mean, the flashback sequence in that film was the one sweet sequence that I wish that I could just go through frame by frame yeah. by frame. Oh, when the Blu-ray comes out in like four months? Yeah. Yeah, you're um, good. When the, so, when the Blu-ray comes out April 5th. Right. Oh, oh that's very so soon. So what, two months? Not even. Not even. Weeks. <laughs> we've, we've got six weeks. Sorry, you were saying Viking. Um, so what I was going to say is uh, the fact that they had planned to include this scene but didn't is very intriguing to me because we're all trying to figure out what, what is Ray's connection to Luke mm-hmm. or to Vader because she, she sees things that Luke saw in those flashbacks, but she also sees things from her past. Mm-hmm. So yeah. it's, it's, it's all kind of tied into that mystery of, of you know who the heck is Ray, whose kid is she, and when are we going to find out? And this could have just this could have just been one more layer that to that to get everybody yeah, to go. Right. Oh my god! Oh yeah. my god! One more one more spoonful of nostalgia mm-hmm. to add to the whole puzzle. Um, well, but it also might have been uh, if they are going the route with Ray being Luke's daughter. Right. It might have been a little too much foreshadowing. Yeah. yeah. So the, maybe they took not. it out. I I I do really hope <sighs> they're not. I feel like that's just too easy. Yeah. No. And I agree with you. It's hundred percent. It makes too easy, daughter. and it's too cyclical. I mean, it's already been done in this thing. But this this brings this brings up for me kind of a thorny point in uh in the new in episode seven, which is it's difficult for me to believe that. In in twenty, what was it? Twenty years, right? More than the, twenty years of uh, the time. 
in the, the in the timeline. Yeah, in the actual um, I timeline. I think it's supposed to be closer. It's supposed to be like thirty years. 30, I mean, 30 it's supposed years. to be like our the the time mm. between Jedi and the Force Awakens in real time. In our time, they've just kept that same cap. Yeah, I think they have because we talked about this on uh, on the first episode that Ray's supposed to be like nineteen or twenty, right? And Kylo's supposed to be like near thirty. Mm-hmm. So, which would stand to reason that you know Han and Leia got busy after Jedi, and they had a kid a year or two afterwards. Well, they should have. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, evidently they did. Yes. We wouldn't have much of a story otherwise. Right. right. Yeah. <laughs> now, um, Your point? No, I. I I think I, I I think I stand corrected. Would she if she saw them in that in that flashback, would she recognize who they were? Like holding the lightsaber, would she recognize if she saw that image that it was Luke but, and that it was Vader? Cuz I kind of feel like at this point in the story, obviously Kylo Ren knows very much who Darth Vader is. He's Han and Leia's kid, so the direct descendant of the line, yeah. trying to fulfill his grandfather's legacy, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But obviously, Ray, to to her, all of these people are at this point, after just such a short period of time, are these mythical figures? Yes, yeah. no, which which they basically spell out in in the movie. You know, it's mm-hmm. it's gone into myth. Yeah, you know, into legend, and it just feels it it that part of of this thing feels like always just feels like such a stretch to me that like that 30 years is enough time to make that to do that sort of myth making but i guess with the story i mean they did i mean they did blow up two death stars and fuck some shit up for the for the empire and and it was good these are all good things mm-hmm. um and then apparently some really really bad things happen and maybe that contributes to the myth too we'll just we'll I get a imagine. sense of that later on down yeah. the road mm-hmm. um but insofar right now i guess that's 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 one of the things that happens when you're when your script is trying to scramble to do too many things at once perhaps which which i episode hope episode 7 Johnson very is, much is felt like up. yeah yeah hopefully so this next story we got coming up from Toyland. Um, you might know that the 2016 Toy Fair took place a couple of weeks ago. And uh, there's been a lot of... Another thing you, everybody's probably heard is that there's been a lot of conjecture surrounding the stunning lack of Lady Star Wars figures uh, since Episode 7 came out. Uh, most importantly, we didn't, we, didn't get our, we didn't get our Ray for how long? Like... Two months, three months, or something. Yeah, it's like three, four months. At least yeah. three or four months. So, Hasbro's appeared to have learned their lesson, and they debuted a couple of really awesome uh, Star Wars figures at the 2016 Toy Fair. And the ladies finally got their night on stage. These figures look fantastic. We've got a we've got a classic Princess Leia. We've got what's this chick's name from? From Rebels, Harrison. I know you know this. I don't watch Rebels. You haven't watched Rebels. I do not. Okay, watch it's Rebels. the the but lady I from. I can tell you. Um, I can tell your name here. Uh, her name's Sabine. Sabine. Yeah. The uh, yeah, like the Boba Fett wannabe. Yeah. Well, she's wearing Mandalorian. Uh, well, some bits of Mandalorian armor, and she's got the helmet. Honestly, uh, again, I'm not. Uh, I don't watch Rebels, but I guess I should. Mm. It is on Netflix. Eh. I mean, I watched a couple episodes. I wasn't terribly impressed, and I didn't like Clone Wars either. I thought they were both very it's, bad. It's all very kiddie. Mm-hmm. It's, it's for it's, it's for the kids for, for the younger audience to get them hooked on Star Wars, which yeah. is great. Some people really like it. It's really not my jam. No, I want my I I want my what 
14 and up. Yeah. Star Wars cartoon. And that's like scraping the bottom of the barrel there yeah, when I, I want, say 14 like, and up. It's I like, want the... I want the do you remember like the Batman cartoon? Like I want my bat like oh, yeah, Star Wars yeah, yeah. equivalent of Batman the yeah. animated darker, series, like grittier. darker, a little Absolutely. grittier, more serious. I I want I want that these mm-hmm. these other shows like you said they're for little kids. They're not. They, they are not, not, not. Not to chagrin. Disney it was founded on on making shows for kids. Sure. And I mean Rebels or Clone Wars started before Disney acquired uh, Lucasfilm, and now they've they've definitely like reinvested quite a substantial oh, yeah. amount of their time and money into beefing up their animated series involving in the Star Wars universe which is great but again it's uh, it's not really my bag no so they're you know they're never they're never short on awesome looking villains though and they got the one chick uh the the one the one villain chick from Star Wars Rebels again her name escapes me but she's seventh sister the seventh sister Jesus. yeah and she looks dope. <laughs> well, I, I would just like to say uh, this is fantastic that they are rolling out the female action figures. Mm-hmm. And, and I would like to see this roll over to some other very well-beloved franchises where we may or may not have some female figures. So uh, keep it up, Hasbro. Uh, oh, okay. So these are uh, um, franchises that Hasbro does direct stuff with. Or are you speaking of Disney? Oh, just any franchise. Just in general. Just right. in general. Okay. You know, well, Who else is... Well, I mean, I guess the question, I guess that begs the question, which which franchises are woefully short on female characters other than all of them? Uh, right. Yeah, I was right. about to say, I'm trying to go through my mind and uh, no, 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 all of them. No. Yeah. 99, like 95 percent of movies fail. What is it? The Bechdel rule? Do you know that? The Yeah. Do you know the Bechdel uh, rule? The it's a it's a um, it's basically a like a series of questions that have to do with determining the the, the particular role of women in a film. And there's a. And it's it's it involves essentially like are is there more than one? Are they talking to each other and are they talking about something other than the male protagonist of the movie? Mm-hmm. And something like ninety five percent plus of movies fail the Bechtel test over and over and over again. And it's yeah, it's just it's it's pretty absurd. And um, Star Wars Episode Seven definitely does not fail the Bechdel test well, yeah no. it's actually really good like that and that's because they have, uh, have you, did you guys see these figures uh, the Ray figure that Hasbro dropped and then the Maz Kanata they look they look great fantastic they, they look good they're dead ringers the Finn is really a, he's I love Finn Speaking of of toys too, Lego is getting in on the action as well with this brand new Hoth play set. Yeah. Uh, they're dropping Echo Base, and when yeah. I say they're dropping Echo Base, they're dropping the entire Echo Base as a play set. It's over two thousand fig- pieces with fourteen figures, and it's going to cost two hundred and fifty bucks. Mm-hmm. It's no joke. And what's great is you look at these you look at these pictures, and it's just it's just everything is these little modules and so it's mix and match you can kind of set these things up wherever you want and it's just it's it's just incredible everything is so detailed and and gorgeous and i love it it does look like a lot of fun i mean uh, i know i speak for probably everybody here that the days of playing with legos have not passed no <laughs> I still love not even a little LEGO. bit still totally love playing with Legos. This makes me want to play Lego Star Wars video game all over again. You know, right? I uh um <laughs> I was I was scrolling 
through the uh, the buy menu uh, on uh, on the Xbox Store the other night, and they've got all of the Lego games. Like yeah. you can buy the bundle and get all of the Star Wars, all of the indie. Um, oh, no shit. I mean, like, uh, and for how much? It's it's like fifty bucks for all the games. Oh, that ain't you just shit for download. like what thirty games? But it it the download for it is something like. It's like 150 gigs. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. ridiculously oh, yeah. big. Oh, yeah. Well, no, I am not worried about the time. I'm more worried about the space. Right. Oh, right. On, so on my many, external. It's so many titles. I mean, I've wiped out a bunch of games that I did have downloaded on there, save for, I don't know, like Tomb Raider and, and Far Cry and a couple others, you know, that I that I will just like have ridiculous replay value. But mm-hmm. um, trust me, I thought about it. 50 bucks for the lot. Yeah, I could, I could, <laughs> right? You I could, could justify have a lo- that expenditure. That's that's <laughs> your entire tempting. summer. Oh my god, that's your entire summer. Like you just take three months off of work. Oh. Like, I'm, I'm going on. I'm going on server sabbatical for Star Wars. Oh no. my god. Yeah, no, I'm going to do in depth research into the Lego Star Wars. I'm writing games. a paper. I'm writing a paper on Lego <laughs> Star Wars. The video game. I can't oh wait for gosh. the. Uh, I can't wait for the Force Awakens. Well, the, I mean, you saw. We saw the trailer for the Force Awakens. The new Force Awakens right, yeah, video it's game. It's on the, the latest edition of Game Informer. Yeah, well. there's a whole. Yeah, there's a whole piece on the a long form piece on the new game in and the episode I, seven I game of Game will Informer. Be getting it because I love playing the Lego games. Me too. <laughs> They're so much fun. Right. Did you see in the Echo Bay set the little? There's a there's a Tauntaun. Yeah, with, uh, with is that Han on there? I I think it's I think it's either Han or or Luke. I think they might both. I think they both come with the set. Actually, I just want to know: can you can you slit the Han, the Tauntaun open uh-huh. and does it come with like little like little pink Lego guts pieces? Oh my god! Because that would be the best. Okay, no, I saw. Who doesn't remember the figures, the toys that came out in the eighties when Empire came out? Remember mm-hmm. the Tauntaun that had the slit belly yeah. that you could actually put the Luke Skywalker yeah, figure into. I had one. Do you, you don't remember that? <laughs> I totally had one of those. There were yeah, because you got a tauntaun, and then uh, you could get a tauntaun with Han, um, and then you got a tauntaun with Luke, and you could literally like there were little flaps, and you could open it up, and you could wedge <laughs> Luke in there. That's so yeah. awesome. You don't remember that? I I I was maybe too young, or maybe just didn't get one for Christmas. Thanks, mom. Oh man, <laughs> no, I remember that. <laughs> Too well. The Vikings' mother ruined her childhood because she didn't. So. She didn't have the slit belly tauntaun playset. What was your mother doing? She got me a Teddy Ruxpin. What can I say? Oh, Did you play Black Sabbath tapes in it? Because that's what you're supposed to do with those. <laughs> no, I didn't. Because I didn't discover Black Sabbath until much later. But I totally would now. It's just Teddy Ruxpin. It's all because it like it has little servo motors that you can hear. Yeah, if you play yeah, the music quietly enough, you can hear both. So it's like. Generals gathering in the, you know, right? <laughs> It's amazing. Oh, no, I saw the fantastic. speaking of the speaking of the slip belly tauntaun. I saw a, um, on Facebook. I saw the other day. I saw a sl- uh, this little kid had a it was a picture of a sleeping bag that you can get. It was a tauntaun sleeping bag, <laughs> and the outside liner was fur, and then the inside liner looked like intestines, and it had a tauntaun head. Oh. That's awesome. And there was an there was like an eight year old sleeping in it with the biggest shit eating grin on his face, and he had the the helmet and the vi- like the, the snow hat and the, and the goggles and everything oh. on, and he was all bundled up, and it was turned back just enough so that you could see the guts, and he had, he was like smiling. I was like, I need I need this. It was delightful, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, the biggest kid in the room, Mr. Randall Aubrey. <laughs> I just want to I just want to sleep in a slight belly tauntaun. In a world where flying cats are shooting lasers from their eye beams, where can you turn for solace and hope for the future? 
Echoplexmedia.com. Sunday nights, 9 a.m. This movie was so good. Now, everybody should have seen Deadpool. If you haven't seen Deadpool, go see Deadpool. Fucking go see Deadpool. The three of us saw Deadpool last night. It was the first outing for Randall and mm-hmm. first outing for Viking. It was my third uh, time seeing it, and I still busted a gut at a yes, couple of did. scenes <laughs> that so many. were too funny. Uh, if you haven't seen this movie... Uh, for everybody who's going to listen to this, all two and a half of you, um, <laughs> you're, you're, yeah, go. It's it's a great date movie. It's actually they did great publicity for this movie, heralding it as a date movie. Oh One of the God. best billboards I saw, yeah, was was uh, um, Wade and his girlfriend. Um, uh, fuck off. What's her name from uh, Firefly? Yeah, yeah. Well, in Marina Baccarin, which yeah. is the actress, but the Vanessa, I think, Vanessa. is her name. Yeah, yeah. Vanessa. Is the the billboard is has got them, and it just shows you know them from from shoulders up, but they're laying on the couch and and uh, or laying on a bed or something like that. And it says Deadpool, you know, the perfect romantic movie for Valentine's. This Day. shit looks like the Notebook, and it looked like the fucking Notebook. You know, so anybody <laughs> saw that it was just like Deadpool, a romantic. Okay, sure. Oh man, this movie. Which, mind you, came from Fox, which has given us several good X-Men films, but also gave us the horrible drivel that was Fantastic Four, yeah. or Fanstick Four, or however the hell you want to pronounce the goddamn name. This horrible movie came out of the same studio, and Fox, thankfully, said, all right, here's you know several million dollars. Go ahead and make this movie. Do whatever you want. You have an R rating. We don't care. And... They made a beautiful. Oh, they knocked piece it out of, of the film. fucking park. They knocked it out of the park. It's and, it's hilarious front to back. Front I can't. Back, I can't remember the last time I laughed so hard at a fucking movie. It's just. It's just so ridiculous. Shamelessly pokes fun at itself and yep. the studio and the actors and the Wolverine film yeah. where we first saw Deadpool, that horrible yeah. incarnation. Well, the part that Ryan where he picks Reynolds up the plays. action figure of himself. Well, well, no, no, no. When he's <laughs> when he's knocked back by Colossus and he's floating in midair. Right. Yes. Spoilers. Oh, there's tons. Yes. Where he, if you he haven't if you haven't back. watched Deadpool yet, plug your fucking ears because we're about to blow everything. Colossus knocks him back and he's floating in the air and he goes, oh, let's backpedal a little bit. And then there's a little figure of his uh, of the first version of Deadpool from the Wolverine <laughs> where his mouth is sewn shut and he's got the long claws and he's got the laser vision and all the stupid shit yeah. that came out of that movie. The only good thing that came out of that movie is that Ryan Reynolds was spurned on to follow... Deadpool until the production of yeah. this movie. And now, I mean, it's it's been stealing box office thunder every week now. This is Ooh. the third week. It's still number one. It's the highest rated, it's the highest grossing R-rated movie in history, too, highest right? Highest rated grossing, uh, yeah. Highest, highest, yeah highest grossing R-rated film in the history of cinema. Fucking yeah. Deadpool. Now, we do have to take into account, and this, this kind of shows poorly on the Fox execs because they greenlit a release date of mid-February where you either get mushy romantic films or The Graveyard where they just don't think anything is going to really work and they've put some money into it so they got to see if they can get a return. So they said, fine, we're going to put you in The Graveyard, Deadpool, and whatever. 
if you work, great. If you don't, uh, yeah, we knew it was going to happen. They didn't have a lot of hope for this movie coming out. But the fact that it was released in mid-February uh, amongst other shit-tastic movies like Zoolander 2 mm-hmm. has bolstered mm-hmm. the viewing yeah. like tenfold. Everybody's gone to see this because, well, there's nothing else worth seeing and it's fucking awesome. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, and they mark and the, the marketing like is very, very clever oh. because it came out on Valentine's Day and so they did. They they played up the they played up the whole love story aspect of it mm-hmm. satirically through advertising. It's like the billboard you were mm-hmm. talking about earlier. That shit looks like the Notebook, and it's fucking Deadpool, mm-hmm. and that's brilliant because of the the timing. They managed to turn that into a marketing tactic as opposed to letting that worked. shit be an albatross, and it worked fucking brilliantly. I tell you, my favorites were all of Deadpool lit and sprawl- sprawled out on, like, bearskin rugs, you know, all <laughs> yeah. sexy, you know. Never, you know, he's in full garb, you know, mask and all, and he's, like, on a bearskin rug, just kind of leaning on one of his arms with a crackling fire in the background, and it's like, can't wait for February 15th. Yep. I really, I really got to hand it to Ryan Reynolds. Yeah. Absolutely. Because this... I mean, I love that guy. I've loved everything I've ever seen him, and he's such a he's such a funny guy. But he really, you can tell that he he loves this character so much, and you can tell that he this is the role he was born to play. Yeah. Like, and we had we had no idea, we had no idea, and I don't even think he had an idea until X Men Origins came out, and then it was like, oh. No, this is my pet project for the next fucking decade. I'm going to make this happen. And then he fucking did it. And it's just, of course, it's amazing. I mean, he's just, this is, this is such a, this is his love letter contribution to the comic book movie franchise. And so, of course, well, it's fucking stellar. Well, the franchise stellar. did kind of a wave to him. I think uh, it was back in 2004. I can't name the episode. But um, Deadpool um, is revealing himself to a, to a close friend in the comic. And his friend describes him as uh, the mix between um, like a Jackson Pollock painting and Ryan Reynolds on a really bad day. <laughs> and that's in the comic. And, uh, you know, that got to Ryan Reynolds and he was mm-hmm. like, oh, really? And so then he got into it and he like he started reading into it. And then when they did the Wolverine, <laughs> like, was, he's like, right here, I want to play the role. What was, what, was it, what was it the dude said? He's like, look, your face looks like an avocado that had sex with an older avocado. <laughs> and and. And the only the only way and they they had like really bad angry sex mm-hmm. as that was the only cathartic way that they could work out their issues you know besides <laughs> violence. I mean, so so bad. One of the best goddamn oh. lines. Colossus oh. is is dragging Deadpool behind him and says, "We're off to see the professor." And Deadpool quips, "Well, which professor, McAvoy or Stewart?" Right. I mean, just bald face. Like we know, <laughs> and this is it played. So perfectly oh, and beautifully, yeah. like script. to the audience, yes. the script, which the comic does again mm-hmm. and again and again, breaking that fourth wall again yeah. and again that's, and again. Yeah, that's what I want to talk about because, as as one who who was a filmmaker, um, breaking that fourth wall. This film it was very existential because you're you're not only looking at the world within the film that Deadpool exists, but he's talking about the world that exists outside of the film mm-hmm. as well as worlds that exist within in the franchise of X-Men yeah. and the it's studio. So meta. It's it's so <laughs> meta. And and I thought that was really fascinating that the writers decided to do that with this film and it was absolutely well done and absolutely fucking hilarious and I will say and I've brought it up to you guys before the Vikings favorite scene was the little unicorn toy <laughs> masturbation the scene. The unicorn fap. 
Oh my god! And he got it up to his forehead. It's only like ten seconds, but I mean, it's, it's such not even an ten seconds. Little it's, scene. It's it's like it's like a second and a half. Yeah, so I mean, bad. it's it's a jump cut so to Ryan Reynolds holding the unicorn, this little unicorn. stuffed unicorn, a little stuffy, and he's like holding it up to his, and he's to his holding forehead. it up to his forehead, like muzzle to nose. <laughs> And just fucking going at it under him, and you see this blanket just bouncing, and he's just like, (laughs) 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 boom, and it's gone, and just everybody fucking falls out of their chairs. I didn't want you to see that. (laughs) (laughs) Well, then, and then it it, it reaches this epic crescendo towards the end of the film where, you know, his girl's lying on the ground, he's got a fucking knife in his ear, then all of a sudden he sees the little unicorn and the tiny animated figures. And tell me the song that was playing. Um, (sighs) You know, Our Love Was Meant to Be by. No, it is. It's it's hard for me to say. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. I mean, it's so me I mean, it's say, just the cue up into that, and like he drops to the ground and he looks at his girlfriend, who's also on the ground, and he's like got this this blade sticking <laughs> on the side of his skull, and he does this kind of like lazy wave, and she like <laughs> smiles at him and looks gorgeous, like Marina Baccarin does. And then he like pantomimes like you see the slow motion as he like cups his oh, hand yeah. in one and then he points his pointer finger ah, and he starts ah. doing this motion of like fucking yes. and, she, and then it snaps back to her and she's like asshole yes. all the while these little animated figures are figures. dancing around the screen a little unicorn and a little mushroom people and um, no, with the shit with the tiny with the tiny hand like caressing t- her cheek it's like <laughs> that is so funny and gross and amazing yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I oh. did like uh, the 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 kind of Russian-looking busty chick that was oh, in the yeah. film, um, especially the part where you know her boob pops <laughs> out of her corset top. And you never see a tit though, which is great. You don't. Colossus his hand is yeah. right there. She's like, oh, he's like, oh, 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 oh I can't. Oh, oh, thank I'm you, sorry. thank That's you. So you're so nice. You. <laughs> <laughs> that was great. Um, can we? We need to find out the precise cock punch count. For Deadpool too, because there, there were several. Um, I think there, I think it was like seven. There were eight. several cock punches that took place yeah. throughout this movie. No, all the self-referential shit is so great too. Like I love the, the part when he goes to when he goes to the mansion, uh, that when he goes to the school the second time, and the same chick answers the door, and he and he like peeks his head, he looks around inside, he goes. What the hell? Are you the only two here? Did they not get enough money for the no, script it's, to be it's, it's able funny. to get? Every time I show up, I only see you two. It's like the studio didn't have enough money to pay for any other X Men. <laughs> and that's that's the existentialism of the film yeah. that I absolutely it's love. Brilliant! It is so brilliant. I mean, whoever whoever wrote this. Oh my god, my my hat's off to whoever wrote this. I wanna, film. I, I Fucking gotta, amazing. I gotta wonder if it's like if it it was one of the writers who worked on maybe Scott Pilgrim versus the World because Scott Pilgrim is a little bit. It's 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 not uh, it's not so self-referential, obviously, but the sort of the 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 style of it, how it's really punchy and fast, and a lot of jump cut kind of shit. And Scott Pilgrim is is so like that in that movie. It, it wasn't Joe Wright. No, it wasn't Joe Wright who directed it. I too had that thought, and it, it kind of I was tripped out for a minute after watching it the third time. Mm-hmm. I was almost positive. Uh, the director, by the way, is Tim Miller. He was one of the no 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 Edgar Wright directed I was right he was one of the writers or no he was one of the main cinematographers he was okay. behind the scenes he was he was one of the support crew of, okay uh, one of the director support crew because they have there there's such there's a, a similar, similar cinematic, style. Yeah. cinematic feel going on and it's really subtle but it's there like I I thought about it over the over the the day today and and I I definitely there's a connection there and there it is we found it. Harrison, solve the mystery. So, good news on the Deadpool front. 
Uh, and um, even better news on the uh, Fantastic on the fast- Four. On the Fantastic front. Four. Um, <clears throat> initially, when Fantastic Four came out last summer, <laughs> Fantastic Four. <laughs> they had already uh, greenlit a sequel, which was uh, set for, I believe, uh, May of 2017. Already greenlit a sequel even before the movie came out. Now, which can be good or can be bad. The studio had high hopes because, well, shit. They, they knocked it out of the park with X-Men lately, and they were definitely trying to revamp the whole Fantastic Four, which they failed miserably at doing. So once that fell flat on its face, that slot became—it uh, was up for contention. They weren't sure if they were going to do a sequel to Fantastic Four. With Deadpool being so successful, Deadpool 2 has now filled that slot. So we get a sequel next year in, like, Damn, May. next year? In May. They shot this— they shot all of Deadpool. They shot it over two months last year. In 2015, they shot it February to the end of April. Using, oh, wow. Yeah. They cranked so it they, out. They did it in two months. They cranked it the fuck out. So they, like, once they announced, when I found out last year the release date, they were shooting. Mm-hmm. So they did. They knocked it out really quick. Hmm. So, I mean, honestly, I, and I'll nitpick here a little bit, the character of Colossus was obviously CG. Yes. Which, oh yeah. I mean, I mean, it was it was glaringly CG, it's, it's but fine. I didn't care. Yeah, I didn't right. care. I didn't care. The opening intro to this film, <laughs> yes. the opening intro is a slow montage of a car rolling with Deadpool in it, beating the fuck out of everybody, killing people. Yeah. And it's slow motion, There's really slow motion. Nothing and they real about any of this film. The introduce. They introduce. They introduce. All of the introductions in the beginning of this are hilarious. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because they don't actually have people's names. You know, there's a gratuitous cameo. Oh, yeah. There's an obvious CG character, a moody teen, <laughs> a hot chick, the, um, I think it was the token British villain. Oh, yes. Oh, God. Um, no, then, I forgot. That's so good. Written by a bag of douchebags or a bunch of douchebags mm-hmm. and um, uh, directed by a complete asshat. Right. I mean, the intro, it, it, the minute the movie movie opens you are laughing and of course there is a post-credit scene oh yeah all the way at the end of the trailer which fox doesn't do which i'm yeah. glad that they did and i mean for anybody who's seen the mil- film uh it's it's an obvious blatant wave to ferris bueller at the very end of ferris bueller ferris comes out and goes oh you guys are still here down to the robe he's down wearing. Down to yeah. the robe, the hallway, everything. Everything. Brilliant. And then, you know, he pops back out and he's like, by the way, you know, Deadpool 2 is going to have cable. And my stupid brain, the first time I saw it, I was like, it's going to have cable. What? what do you mean it's going to? Oh, it's going to uh, Right. Cable. You're like, wait, who? Like, huh? Oh, cable. Okay, swell. So I'm looking forward to that. Right. So um, stay tuned for some fantastic and ridiculous casting news here very soon because... I'm really excited to see who they get to play cable. My expectations are high. As are mine. Because that's, that's a really fascinating and really compelling character yeah. of the like second tier Marvel universe. Mm-hmm. And they got to get the right... They got to get the right dude for the job. Um there's a couple people that I, it, I I saw. There was a meme floating around where there was a few people that yeah, I think I saw w- that were meme. compared to contrast. We put it in the we put and it in they the had Facebook Kira group. Knightley in that meme as well because hell, she's got range. <laughs> 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 so good, I absolutely love that. No, I still after, after we talked about it last night on the uh, on the way out of the movie. I still think I don't know the guy's name, but the guy that plays Abe in The Walking Dead I think would be a fantastic yeah. choice to play Cable. And I agree. They'd have him. to they'd have to gray his ginger ass hair out, but I think he yeah, could totally Beard, rock but it. No, he's totally got it. He mm-hmm. could very well pull that off. I I 
am really psyched about Deadpool, but I'm also uh, I'm kind of sad. Uh, a, a small part of me wanted to see Deadpool fail for one one big reason is that if Fox and what they own of Marvel Studios failed at Deadpool, that would be one step closer to Fox maybe doing right. some kind of a deal with Marvel and creating the total shared universe that I want yeah. to see. With this happening, I am doubtful oh, this that is, that's going to happen. This is going to reinvigorate Fox well, no. to Exactly. to keep on to keep holding on to certain titles that they Hugh have. Jackman Absolutely. is leaving soon. He's going to be in Apocalypse though. I don't know how big a role he's playing. Yeah. And then he has one more X-Men film which comes out next uh, no, one more, one more Wolverine, Wolverine film. film, excuse me, that comes out I think it's next year. And then that's it. He's, He's done. done. That is seven films where he has taken on the claws. Over 18 years, he has been mm-hmm. Wolverine. They need somebody new. Ryan Reynolds is the guy to reinvigorate and re-enliven what Fox Studios has because obviously they can't get Fantastic Four right. No. And X-Men, X-Men Apocalypse, which we're going to talk about when it comes out, but X-Men Apocalypse is kind of, this is, I don't know if you guys realize this or not, but X-Men Apocalypse is kind of, they're like handing off the torch here because McAvoy, Fassbender, uh, Lawrence, they're all leaving after this. Yeah. They're done. Oh, so do, um, uh, Professor Xavier, Magneto, and Mystique, as well as uh, Nick, Holt, Nick Holt, who plays Beast, they're mm. done. They are not coming back for any movies. This, this is, is it. This is about to put Fox in a pretty well, weak bargaining position. But no, but what I was about to say is we have new actors coming into play. Cyclops and Jean Grey and Nightcrawler and Do they Jubilee. already have these people on deck? The movie comes out in like a month and a half. Well, for, apo- for Apocalypse? They're in it. Oh, okay. They're so they have all, all new casting um, for all those people. I forget who plays uh, 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 Sansa. Yeah, Sansa from Game she's of Thrones. She's Jane, playing Jean Grey. Jean Grey. Oh. Yeah. And then I, the kid who plays uh, Nightcrawler, I don't know. Girl who plays Jubilee, I don't know. And the kid. Uh, but who, they've got who, them all. They've got them all roped in well, for they, Apocalypse. They haven't signed any anything further after Apocalypse, as this is the third one. Mm-hmm. But I mean, it would stand to reason that they're going to go forward, and they're going to continue doing X Men films with these kids now. But McAvoy and Fassbender and Lawrence, they're done. They don't want to mm-hmm. do anymore. And uh, and Jackman, I mean, he's. He's, he's out. done after the next Wolverine film. He's he says his biggest issue with doing the Wolverine films is the the weight training and the food restrictions. Right. Oh yeah. He's yeah. getting up at you know like three a.m. And to he's got to be he's got to be cut to shit to play fucking Wolverine. Yeah. And yeah. he's, and he's uh, I expect in you know three or four years this he's gonna get some serious weight on him and be rather rotund because he's just gonna <laughs> I'm just gonna eat burgers for the next month. You know. <laughs> Like, I yes, I'd, I'd love some more fried chicken. Thank you. Yeah. Well, I mean, he's also from Australia, so... Uh, love some more fried chicken. Thank you. Love, love some more fried chicken. They're just like us when it comes to that. Let's go ahead and slide it on a bit of Diabetic Vegemite and, for me. and eh? fat. And overweight. And, oh, yeah, yeah. And, and, oh, yeah. and all of that. Well, and he's a big guy, too, so... Yeah. Um, yeah. I am... I'm... I'm 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 a little saddened because I really want to see What's X-Men the change into the guard and everything going back into the greater Marvel universe. Yeah, but this doesn't necessarily limit that. I know that Fox is looking at Sony to see how well things go with Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. If it works out and they're able to make a good shared universe with Spidey and Sony actually sorts out what the hell they're doing with their character, I think Fox will follow along. I, I, I too, am of a, of a mind that I would like to see Marvel be able to gather up these franchises and get them all under one roof so that they can continue with their, with their world-building unfettered. It just doesn't seem terribly likely 
that it'll happen anytime soon, especially not before twenty twenty. Especially if they've got a if Fox has a whole new slate of people ready to play these new X Men characters. Well, but they could be. And if they, but if they can't find people to play these iconic, if they don't, if they can't get a good, if they can't get a good Xavier, if they can't get a good Magneto, if they can't get a good Wolverine, then they're in deep shit. Yeah. These other characters, while they're incredibly, com- these are incredibly compelling. Like those are the, they're sort of the principal ones, and they, yeah. like the, the, you're talking about the the leader and the villain and the chief antihero that everybody loves, the fan favorite, and he's absolutely the fan favorite. So if you can't find someone to to do what Hugh Jackman was doing on that on that. Par, on par with him mm-hmm. then they're going to be in a lot of trouble so i mean um, jackman's the poster boy basically i mean he and, and yeah and, and he's Downey defined Jr. the role on cinema like you said well, for like two decades yeah he has and it's i mean if it, uh, if it weren't for the success of him in wolverine uh and then you know in in with the success of Downey as iron man i mean mm-hmm. we wouldn't we wouldn't we would not be in this this crazy renaissance of of no. of marvel films and, and superhero films we would not be where we are now and I mean, that's X Men did all of this. It paved the goddamn way because yeah. Blade tried to do it in the '90s and it just didn't quite catch. And then in 2000, we got X Men, and Hugh Jackman spearheaded the whole thing. Now, well, Hugh him and Patrick Stewart, him and Patrick and Stewart, Ian McKellen, and Ian McKellen, the three of them. It just, like I said, it all comes back to Xavier, Magneto, and Wolverine. If you don't have the right people in place to yeah. play those characters to lead your franchise at this point, you're done. Like if Fox can't find the right folks to really knock those pieces, those those characters out of the park again, like Disney's going to be able to negotiate to get Marvel Studios don't to get take me the wrong. franchise back. Uh, you know what? I don't know. I mean, that's that would be kind of hairy. I think rather that Fox eventually will give in, and they will enlist the ranks, and then that fight would be the mouse. that would be a reboot. That would be a reboot of their universe mm-hmm. completely, but it would be a fresh start into the Marvel Cinematic yeah. Universe. No, they'd have to do There's a... plenty of room in there because there's no mm-hmm. mention of any of them in there. So they could no. start clean. It would still be Fox, uh-huh. but they would still have all their characters, but we'd have new everybody's. Mm-hmm. And you know it's going to be as down and dirty as it was because Sony and Marvel couldn't come to a decision on who their new Spidey was. Marvel wanted one, Sony wanted the other, and I think... Um, and I forget the kid's name. Whoever the kid is now who is Spider-Man, I think Sony finally won out and said this is... Excuse me. I think Marvel finally won out mm-hmm. and got who they wanted, mm-hmm. which may or may not be good. I don't know. We'll find out next year when we get a standalone Spider-Man film. Right. Everyone tune in Sunday nights for The Plex, hosted by producer Dave fucking Harrison. Sometimes Randall Aubrey, no longer former producer Steven, and the Peanut Gallery. I, I think I'm the only person at this table who is caught up on The Walking Dead, right? It's an affirmative. You are I correct. am the only one who's, who's caught up to the current episode from last Sunday. To spend, yeah, to, to, to lend a little specificity to that statement, uh, the last episode that I have seen of this current season was episode six. Okay. Yeah, so you're like four so episodes I'm like behind. four episodes shy, mm-hmm. and if anybody knows me, um, they know that when it comes to shows, I can't stand to wait, you know, a week or two weeks, or with The Walking Dead's case, they show, what, six, 
seven episodes and you get a mid-season break. They did mm-hmm. eight. They did eight and then you get a mid-season break of a month and a half and then they go on to the rest. I'm a binge watcher. Mm-hmm. So I will wait for a season to be done ski and then I will just tear through it. I did that with this show um, up through season, basically up through season five. And then I was so excited when because of that when season six came out. Because this show... This show definitely had some issues along the way. See, you know, Which stopped there was, me from yeah, watching. Yeah, and it, it turned me off to it for yeah. a while, too, until I'd, I finally went back and decided to revisit it after a few Same seasons. Here. And so I could just binge it because yeah. I'm like, it's Same fine. Here. It sounds it'll, it'll be binge worthy. Fuck it. Right. And then I got into the uh, you get past the first two seasons and you start getting into the 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 whole story arc with the mm-hmm. prison and everything. Mm-hmm. And the show starts getting really good. Mm-hmm. And then when you get into season four and, and the second half of that whole story arc and it's that much better. And then you get into season five and season five is so it's, it's fucking really good, good when they're just when they're wandering and they're lost and mm-hmm. they're trying to find their. Like after Terminus, they're they're wandering across the country, so they have no idea where they're going, and they're barely they're just barely surviving, and they're just turning into fucking animals more and more every day. And it's just it made for some really really compelling television. And then they find Alexandria, and that's like what halfway through season five. And then a little backtrack here for me too. I I I was the same. I started watching it actually when it was airing. Mm-hmm. I was watch I watched that first season when it aired. And then I, st- I was watching into season two, and then I, I fell off. Yeah. I yeah, fell off. Here. You know, they were at uh, they were at the little ranch, you know, outside of uh, mm-hmm. Atlanta. And uh, I think the last episode I had watched was Carl getting shot accidentally. Right. Um, mm-hmm. And I stopped, and I didn't pick it up. I heard, you know, plenty of rumors and people talking about the show, and... It wasn't until I, a little over a year ago, my, my previous uh, place that I was renting, my roommate was like into, I think it was the fifth season, like third episode, and I sat down and I watched it. I was like, fuck. Mm-hmm. I'm like, who's it this? It came a who's long this? Who's way. This? Who's this? The cast of characters had completely changed, mm-hmm. and the story really gripped me. And so I cheated a little bit, and I watched like episode the rest of episode three and then four and then five, and I told myself I was going to stop, and I waited till five was done, and then I started to binge watch. Mm-hmm. And then I fell off for a minute, and then I watched. I started over again, and I watched clean through the end of five, and then six. I've seen bits and pieces, but again, I go back yeah. to the whole, I can't watch unless the season's done. Mm-hmm. I'm now watching Dead Daredevil when season two is about to start. Right. The thing that The thing that excites me is that so much about season six is that we are now with... With season six, we're now entering into f- what for me is my favorite part of this whole story. Like I've read all of, I've read all the comic books as well up until about maybe a year ago. Um, and so I know where this story is going, like what they're what they're doing where right now. Where you presume the story is going. Well, I, I mean, don't know how religious they've been. So, the so far with the with the exception of a couple of. Of, of major changes that had to take place, especially because of things they'd already done. They're following, they're following the comic book at this point pretty faithfully. They have been ever since they hit Alexandria. Uh, the Alexandria story arc, this is a... Here's, here's the thing about The Walking Dead. Is, as, as, as amazing as the comic book was and as amazing as the show is, it kind of took the comic book... Um, 
a while to find the 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 comic book and the TV show are starting to influence are like starting to influence each other a bit more, and you can start to see that when like ahead of time when they start the Alexandria story arc, which happens well ahead of the um of where they're at with the TV show right now. I mean, they got that that point of the story is the last couple like few years the last like three or four years ago is when that started uh in the in the timeline of how the the comic books were written mm-hmm. so at that point they're they're what i think season three of the show and this is where the show and the the writing of the show and the writing of the comic at least in terms of of taste and and style start to influence each other and so now what that's doing is that setting up something where the uh, the TV show can start to suture itself a little more closely to the timeline of the comics and of the story of the comics, and and tell that story a little more a little more like it's told in the comic book. Uh, there are a couple of major changes, um, but overall, it's it's maintained pretty faithful. And so, that being said, I'm really excited to see what they do uh, moving forward. Um, the was it the first episode back of the mid season premieres where. Um, I mean, as you as you saw the the first half of the 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 season six is this this build up towards a towards this huge zombie break into Alexandria where they end up swarming they end up swarming the community and nobody knows and nobody knows what to do and all hell breaks loose right and so how so what what happens from that point well what happens from that point is that the town the over the course of over the course of of the next episode of of season six the town rallies against the zombies and manages to to kill manages to kill all the zombies and 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 fend fend off everything that's there this happens in the uh, this happens in the mid-season this happens in the mid-season premiere um everything is you know everything is going totally ape shit and um a bunch of stuff, you know, a bunch of stuff happens along the along the way that we'll we'll get to. But uh, the story, the episode, episode uh, nine, I guess it is. Episode nine ends with this great montage scene that involves showing all of the different members of the community of Alexandria, not just the main characters, but all these secondary characters, each taking their turn like killing killing zombies and sort of working together as a town to fend off this attack in a much bigger fashion than anything that I mean the group's always been pretty small right and so now it's like here's the whole town is starting to rally and and fend off all the zombies and then the next shot they show at the near the closing of the episode is this great scene where it's essentially the entire primary and secondary cast all sitting on and around this porch of this one house in Alexandria. And they do this long shot uh, for it where they show all these dead zombies laying around and they pan in a little closer and, and they kind of swing it around and you see it's 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 everyone. So like really kind of showing you the sense of we're talking there's 20 people in this one shot and it's all the main characters and all the secondary characters and a couple of extras and stuff too, just all kind of congregating and looking like they just went through hell together and it's beautiful it's so this this turned into a kind of a, a cohesive measure that once the town rallied together 
now you see the the party the, the group has doubled and tripled in size and and now we're looking at a bigger ensemble this cast is, here for this the is future. the whole this is this is the whole point where Rick takes over the commu- takes over Alexandria and becomes the and essentially becomes the leader of Alexandria because at this point um uh Deanna is Deanna dies cuckoo banana oh she dies she dies oh, okay well um, good that's probably going to happen so within I that happens within her. the next that happens within the next couple of episodes is she dies but her her ideas for what she wants to do, her bigger, her bigger vision is something that she's shown to Rick and she's shown to everyone. And, and this is like a thing that he sees and he, and you can see that it's something he wants to try to achieve, but doesn't believe it to be possible because he thinks the people in Alexandria are soft and that they're not gonna, they're not going to stand up to what's out there because they haven't seen it. And he has. And so when they do, it then changes something in him and he starts to, have hope like real hope again after after things have been so hopeless for so long and so all of this um all of this becomes really critical because this is what sets up the next part of the story the next trial the next challenge that the characters are going to face is going to involve a lot more characters and a much much bigger story Uh, you you touched on this earlier when we were talking about that 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 if they do follow through with comics they're going to open up to a couple other cities mm-hmm. or towns, if you will, of you know, of, of of filled with groups of people, survivors, right? And they kind of go to war with each other, right? Here's yeah, no, it's fucking crazy. This is they're the they're breaking and have already broken some of the new like just broken new ground in this particular genre of of zombies and survival horror and stuff because this is the point in the story where the 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 people realize that they can they can survive and not only can they survive but they can thrive this becomes this really pivotal point where it's like if we work together we can rebuild and in a in a in a realistic way not in an idealistic or fatalistic way of we can have what we used to no, it's we can build a new world, and this is where it begins in this part of the story. And nobody's ever done anything like this with zombie with the zombie movies or the zombie genre before. Um, zombie, you know, the up up to this point, any story of like zombies or survival horror in this regard has like a has an ending that usually involves some kind of immediate victory that then becomes the end of the story and there's no extrapolating beyond that. Like World War Z is a, is probably the best example I can think of. World War Z ends when he discovers the cure for for getting the zombies to not want to eat you and then that's the end. But how does that, you know, then the, the, all these it leaves all these questions unanswered, so but it's supposed to be a trilogy, by the way. Oh, cool. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'd love to I'd love to see that. Um and I think I don't think we will. Yeah, I, I doubt it. I mean, unless unless what they do with Walking Dead over the next couple of years really becomes is is, is done right and done well, um, I could see them that being something that would catalyze greenlighting a sequel, maybe or two sequels to uh, World War Z, um, because yeah, that's a, that's always like a, the defeating defeating the immediate threat is always the the end of the the story mm-hmm. that becomes the means to the end of the tale and then that you're you're done you don't ever and there's all these questions right well walking dead is attempting to answer those questions now in in their story and what that's going to look like is is i i don't know what it's i i know what it looks like in the comics and in the comics it's incredible 
and I can only I can only assume that it's going to be pretty dope with the TV show because they're already starting it. They've already done the first little tendril, tendrils, right? There's an episode where Daryl has a run-in with a... When he's coming back to the encampment, this is in the beginning of the mid-season premiere, he's... If you'll if you recall by this point, you know, they thought Glenn was dead, but then Glenn is alive and everybody's trying to make their way back to Alexandria. Right. And as they're waking, they're making their way back. This is when the 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 assault by the the zombies happens. And uh, along the way back, Daryl runs into a gang of 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 people on motorcycles who are uh, who are under the the charge of a guy named Negan who's played by the, the actor um his, I can't remember his name but there. it's the guy that played the comedian in the Watchmen they've already cast him yeah. to play this character Shucks, I've forgotten his name cuz I I really had uh, <clears throat> It's anyways, like Jeremy it's Jeremy something <clears throat> is the dude's name I don't um I don't remember uh but he's yeah he's going to be playing uh he's going to be playing Negan and They've now so they haven't actually shown him yet, but they mention him and in the mid season premiere and then in the follow up episode, which covers the aftermath. Oh, we haven't even. Oh, well, yeah, I mean, well, fuck. I mean, there's so much shit that's happened in the last two episodes. It's fucking ridiculous. So in in the in the follow episode, so episode 10, they introduce uh, they introduce this character. Jeffrey Dean Morgan. Jeffrey Dean Morgan. That's who plays. That's who's going to play Negan. Um but yeah, they introduce... Uh, Great choice, by the way. He's yeah. just such a creepy guy. He's going to be so terrifying in a way that in a way that's totally different from the comic book, but so in line with the show. I think he's going to fucking knock it out of the park. But they introduce a great character in, in episode 10, um, whose name is... His, his real name is Paul something. Not the actor's name, but the character's name. But everybody calls him Jesus. And he is he is a great character he is he's this guy with like he has long hair and he wears a beanie and he wears a scarf and a trench coat and he looks like such a he looks like such a like a comic book cliche almost like a superhero but not quite in the walking dead but he's fucking great because he's in a he's like a total escape artist and he knows martial arts and he is the scout guy for this other encampment that we have yet to see in the tv show Ah, uh, interesting. And he is there because you know how uh, the way that Rick found Alexandria was 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 because Alexandria found Rick exactly in company with the guy that they had going out, him and his boyfriend, who were going out and scouting for people to bring into Alexandria. Right. Well, that's what that's what Jesus does ah. for this other encampment. But we haven't even seen the other encampment yet, as of this last episode. We've just met we've just met the Jesus for the first time. <clears throat> The other thing that's really dope is going back to the mid-season premiere is there's something I was there's something they did in the that I was I was wondering if they were going to actually do or not and I'm so glad that they did it and I loved how they did it which is there's during the zombie during during the zombie assault on Alexandria there's a scene where um the 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 character I can't, I can't remember her name but there's this chick that Rick starts to go for um and they start to have like a romantic thing. Like she's the first person he's felt any feelings for since Lori died. And he's. Oh, and I, I, I love her, by the way. The oh, actress. she's gorgeous. She's and she's so really good. Fucking great. She, and she did a great job in the she did a great job mm -hmm. in the show. Um, but there's a scene in the midseason premiere where they're so 
they're trying to get to the armory and they're trapped in this house. And so they do the old zombie guts trick again, which is where they cover themselves in the yeah. zombie guts so that the zombie can't smell them mm. and start to travel through to try to get to the armory to get better armed to fend off the attack. Like I need to play catch up. And as they're doing this, um, the little the little boy, the youngest. So it's so it's it's Rick and Carl and the chick oh, and that, her, and the two youngest little and, the, and the, it's that both the whining whelp. It's both the kids, and they're oh, all both walking. The boys, the, both the boys, and they're all teen, and, and and they're all walking together, holding hands, and they're walking through <laughs> the zombies, covered in the guts, trying to not draw attention to themselves. And this fucking scene opens up with Carol's. Uh, Carol's monologue to the little boy when she when he discovers her like steal I think stealing the weapons yeah, or yeah, something she's gonna take him out uh, over the fence and tie him to a tree and well, the only person will nobody will yeah, hear your scream and the zombies well, somebody will come. will hear your scream but yeah okay, and he's yeah. and so they start playing this like and it's supposed to be in the little boy's head as he's looking around at the zombies and it's like him looking frantic jump cut to zombie him looking around frantically jump cut to zombie him looking around you know what I mean it's and it's like and then he just stops. And he, and he freezes and he just starts like he starts whimpering and he starts crying and he starts having a, I mean, he starts panicking hardcore because yeah. he's terrified and they're trying to get him to move along. They're trying to get him to move along. And you see him standing there like looking around and all of a sudden it's just like two zombies and they just drag him down just out of the just out of the blue. They just drag him down. And the mom is like ah, she starts screaming and freaking out. And they're trying to get her to be quiet. They're trying. They're trying to get her to be quiet. And then all of a sudden, three zombies jump on her. Boom! She goes down. <gasps> no, and she's, she gets killed. And she's holding Carl's hand. She gets killed. She gets killed. So no. So they're both. So they are now both dead. They are now. They are now both dead. And this scene is not over. This scene is not over. They kill her. She's dead. They fucking kill they her. They fucking kill her. So check this out. Uh, spoilers, so, obviously, for me. So the little boy go. The little boy goes down, and God damn it. And then the and then the the mom goes down. The mom is holding Carl's hand and won't let go as she's getting eaten alive. Mm -hmm. So in order to save Carl while she's getting eaten alive, Rick busts out his machete and chops her fucking hand off. Yeah. To get away, and as this is as this is happening. She's being, they're being eaten and stuff, and he cuts her fucking arm off, and they go to turn around and get away. And there's the older son pointing a gun at Rick, like, I'm gonna fucking kill you. Look what you've done to my family. And he's about to fucking pull the trigger, and there comes Michonne right behind him. Katana oh, no, through, okay, don't, don't Katana through God. his chest. Damn it. Katana through the oldest son's uh. chest and fucking takes him down. And as he does this, his hand sweeps to the side and he fires a he fires a shot shoots off Carl as he's in the going face, to and he? shoots that's, Carl in the eye. That's the mannequin that I saw. Spoiler, because I knew that was Carl. And that and happens in the comics. And this happens it? in the comic book. Carl gets shot in the eye and almost dies. Oh. And so moving forward now, so they get him to the infirmary. That's what happens there. And and then so moving forward into into episode ten. Episode ten like flashes forward a few weeks and Carl's recovered. And so now he's walking around with an eye patch. Yeah, yeah. And this will this is how he will be for the rest of the show. He lost an eye. Yeah. And this is the thing that this is this is the real what's great about this is this is the thing that really kind of turns Carl from this is the last kind of thing that turns Carl from a boy into a man in the story. Like really prematurely as a as a character. You know what I mean? Because he's still he's like he's supposed to be like fourteen. 
I think. And so then he gets, he takes a shot in the eye and then all of a sudden he's like, he's not a kid anymore. And he becomes not a leader, but like a leader leader, but definitely becomes a, a prominent leader of people in the, in the story down the road and goes off and does some crazy shit on his own in the comic books. Um, <clears throat> no, this shit is, this shit is super exciting. Cause moving forward back, like I said, they discover this. So, so now we 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 have unconfirmed existence in the TV show of not one but two other encampments that are the si- at least the size of Alexandria. So civilization has been rebuilding around the characters, and they haven't even fucking known it. They don't even fucking know, and they're about to find out in a really crazy way. Because what happens in the comic book is these two encampments, uh, Alexandria and then the and then Jesus's encampment, uh, end up joining forces to fight. Negan's encampment in a war there is a full-on fucking war that breaks out and a lot of people die a lot of pivotal people die this is very interesting that this is going to happen because as you've been talking about it the thing that I keep thinking about in my mind is the stand right Mm -hmm. when you have those two different groups of care people the very good people and the very evil ones fighting each other at the end so that that right. sounds real. I gotta catch up. Yeah, this, this is all fascinating. No, it's, it's it's awesome. They're 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 doing something completely unprecedented in the history of this genre, mm-hmm. and it's it's the most refreshing take on fucking zombie mythology I've ever seen. And I'm so excited to watch it to watch it come to fruition on television. Um, I do have a prediction too, um, that uh, that I want to make. So in the comic books, this war breaks out between the the three encampments you know rick rick's encampment alexandria and jesus's encampment and then negan's encampment um over the course of this like i said several there there are several key characters that die one of them that dies in the comic book is glenn yep glenn is killed during this big war um he is killed in a way that is so savage in the fucking comic book. Oh he's, be- oh, he's to the head. Oh, he's beaten to death with a. Ba- he's beaten to death with a baseball bat by Negan. Negan by bat. Negan himself. Negan bashes Glenn's head to fucking jelly in front of everyone. Oh, wow. Who like he's got everybody basically captured and tied up, and he picks. He basically Negan just picks someone at random, and it turns out to be Glenn. It's Glenn. a total random, savage, brutal fucking just massacre of this character. Um, my prediction though is that. Um, they did this whole false start thing with with Glenn, like appearing to be killed in in the beginning of season six, yeah. where he it, it looks like he gets fucking eaten, and it turns out that it's not true. Yeah, it's the douchebag who shot himself, in the and head. it's yeah, it's the other, it's the guy who was with him. Um, I think they did that for I think they did that false start for a reason because all the comic book readers already know that Glenn dies in the comic. And I don't, I don't think they're gonna kill Glenn in the TV show. I think they're gonna He's kill. Too beloved. I think they're gonna kill Daryl. Oh, I think this is. No. I think they're gonna do this to Daryl. No, because you watch Daryl's my favorite. Because he's the fan. He's the fan favorite. Yeah. But if you've noticed, if you watch across season six and you watch across the latter part of season five, Daryl is slowly being made into a less important character very very slowly you go back and watch like go back and watch the second half of season five and like all of season six and you'll see that 
through most of season five, he starts to take a bit of a backseat, but he's become starts to become a bit more prominent as season six goes on. And so I think they're doing a false I think they're doing a false build with him where they've kind of faded him out and made him a little less of an integral part of the story. And they're gonna build him back in to build up some popularity and then they're gonna pull the fucking Game of Thrones move and they're just gonna fucking yeah. kill him and everybody's gonna be like, What? It's going to be the Red Wedding all over oh, again. It's going to be fucking glorious. And I have a feeling it's going to be Daryl. Oh, I can't think because there's nobody else because if, if they're because if they're yeah. following the because if they're following the comic book, if they're going to follow it closely enough, there really isn't anybody else they can do it to. It's either Glenn, it's either Glenn or Daryl. And they already did this like false start thing with Glenn. I don't unless they do kill Glenn, unless they do kill because Glenn. because the actor who plays Glenn has a big following, but. Let's be honest. Norman Reedus is following is ridiculous. It's huge. I mean, I, I that he's he the his his interaction with with uh, with with Rick in the series is half the reason why I love the show so much. Right. Like you got to watch. You got to watch episode ten because the episode where they meet the Jesus because it's Rick and Daryl who find Jesus and they're on a run together. Just the two of them, and it's it's so great because the the show has been so heavy for so long, right? All the way up until this point. I want to binge it again so bad. All the way up through season six, all the way up through all the way up through the assault. You can totally do that and it's fine too. Yeah. But all the way up through the assault, like the you know, the 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 time spent wandering, they get to Alexandria, they build, you know, they they start to build the relationships there. All this shit is so heavy and it's so bleak and it's so fucked up. All the way through the big heavy assault. The next episode, the follow-up one, is so it's there's so many parts of it that are just so funny and it's so much lighter in tone and they really just like everybody gets to breathe in the walking dead like everybody gets to relax a little bit and it's just it's it's just fucking wonderful because like i said rick and daryl go on a run and there's a point where they find a vending machine and they find a couple of candy bars and there's a there's a, a a point where they're driving this big truck that they found that's full of supplies and Daryl is riding shotgun and he's leaning back with his feet up on the dashboard and Rick's driving and he's and like Daryl is like feeding is like basically like feeding Rick candy bars <laughs> like and not actually like not literally putting them in his mouth but like it's just it's just they're just chilling. Yeah, they're just chilling like homies, and they're just driving down the road, and it's like, and there's like some cool, fun, some like funny kind of bluesy music sort of playing. That's, and they're just, and they're just chilling out like homies, and like Daryl's like handing fucking Rick pieces of candy bar, and Rick's just eating them, and he's like chilling, and it's such a nice, it's such a nice. Uh, there's a lot of that in this in in episode ten because of 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 how they closed out episode nine. Uh, everything's kind of breathing a little easier and there's a little bit of denouement that happens with some of the loose ends of the the last story arc and uh, she gets um, killed i'm really really good fucking kill the kids they should have kept her yeah uh, oh no 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 she that's the thing is, is she this is already predetermined in the comic book this is what happens in the comic she dies she died in the comic and there's actually only one kid in the comic book too oh, uh and okay. and so they and and they both die in this whole engagement so this was predetermined she's she's not the one for him the one for him they've actually just now laid that out who the one for him is and it was a it was a it was a nice surprise because in the comic book Rick ends up and Rick at, at a certain point in the comic book actually ends up with Andrea because Andrea in the yeah. comic book is still alive, still alive and she lives through the war and through the whole through this whole story arc. She survives and they end up getting together after the war. 
but they've taken a different approach with the show and he and it's it happened sooner rather than later they did it in season they did it in see episode 10 yeah i hate uh, her dying it was very sad well like she dies her. in episode 9 but in episode 10 he ends up going for someone in the, he ends up going for someone else and it happens in episode 10 like much sooner than it happens in the comic book and i'm not saying who it is but I'm just saying it's one of the most adorable things I've ever seen. Rick, Rick ends up going for somebody else. Rick ends I up thought, going. I thought he was with the blonde chick who had the kid. She's dead. Yeah, so he goes after somebody else. He then. goes after somebody else in the very next episode. Well, I, I thought he was keen on her. Wow, okay. I'm... Yeah, well, he was. Well, I, he... Guess, I guess options are limited. So I mean, right. get while the getting's good. And who knows how much time you have left to get down with the there get down. Right. Is, is this a character? Zombie huh? land. Is this a character that we're familiar with? That he yes. gets involved? Carol. <laughs> he goes after Carol. No. I'm not saying you're, I'm, oh, I'm gonna I leave. Love Carol. I'm gonna and leave. That's great. They should totally do it. I'm gonna leave. I'm gonna leave that one on the table. Yeah, and I'm gonna let you. Table, I'm gonna <laughs> let you go ahead and watch hey, it. Hey, Carol's pretty foxy. Okay, for an older just, gal, I would totally shag that ass. I'm just gonna leave. I'm just gonna leave that as the the last known unknown for The Walking Dead for you, so that Thank you can you. watch it and see for yourself. All I'm saying is that the scene, it, 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 it's the way that the scene unfolds with, with this, when this happens, uh. is so incredibly charming, and it's something so delightfully unexpected that you just, you just, you kind of, you're like, all right, I'm cool, I'm with it, I'm with it. It's great. This is, this is perfect. No, it's, it. Oh, I'm so, I'm so stoked for, for what's about, what's about to come. Plex would like to give a shout out to Soapbox Media. Soapbox Media is Randall Aubrey's news and opinion website. Also coming soon is Soapbox Radio, which will be produced right here at the Plex. To check out Soapbox, visit getuponit.org and get up on it. I know way too much about movies. Let's go on. <laughs> Let's do something else. Let's talk about more movies. Um, yeah, let's talk about movies here. I'm going to talk close. about. We, let's talk about Spawn, about Todd McFarlane's new Spawn script. Comicbook.com has a report on this. Um, Todd McFarlane has just put the finishing touches on a script for a Spawn film uh, to offer some redemption to this franchise after the steaming pile of horseshit that was the Spawn movie that came out in the '90s. Although I will say, sidebar, that movie did make for one hell of did make one hell of a soundtrack. Oh yeah, that I oh, yeah. I I, I it, it hasn't it hasn't held up very well, but I still appreciate it for no. doing well, what I it mean, did. For for the age group that we we are in, it holds yeah. up. But I mean, for people <laughs> around now, they'll be like, "Oh, that's old metal. It's boring. <laughs> Ew, old metal." <laughs> uh, and and it's uh, new metal with a with a U and an umlaut. Over the U, it's I've, new uh, metal. Oh, oh let, let's not talk U about that. <laughs> <laughs> I'll say that I. What was the what was the limp? There was a limp biscuit joke in Deadpool. What there the, was. I was like, I'm gonna do to you what limp biscuit did to to hip hop in the '90s. Yeah, right. Just as he does a light cock punch to Colossus. <laughs> yeah, he's about to bash the guy's face in and breaks his fucking hand. And breaks his hand. Oh no, that whole fuck. Okay, we're done talking about Deadpool. <laughs> Damn it, that whole scene was ridiculous. Yeah, Spawn. Back to Spawn here. I love that you threw the story up here because. I love Spawn. Huge Spawn fan. Big fan. I mean, ridiculous. I used to have 
I mean, I'm sure everybody remembers the the big figures, uh, the you know the the the, the somewhat poseable. Yeah. I mean, the the ones that you could like, if you took them out of the bubble, you could you would want to put behind a glass case mm-hmm. because they look so cool. Yeah, they're amazing. They were badass. Sculpted. I mean, they released them with like bases and like these pedestals, and they were in these great fucking shapes. And I had I had a ridiculous collection. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, I befriended somebody that I shouldn't have, and her ten-year-old took a real shine to him. And I came home one day, and my case was empty. And this was like two dozen that I had collected over the course of like seven or eight years. I would, I would say you could, you could probably chalk your defense up to justifiable homicide if that kid turned up in a ditch somewhere. I'm just, I'm just saying because I called this bitch later too. Uh, Like I finally, she answered her phone after like two days. I'm like, what the fuck? And she denied 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 and i couldn't track her down i couldn't find her she was in the process of moving i guess she felt that it was a good time for a kid to come into my house and steal my collection we're so mad i still have some of it he didn't get all of it because some of it i didn't have on display because i would change stuff out so i kept i I still have some stuff that's like in a box and i honestly like i've not taken it out since (laughs) it's just like it still sits in a box (laughs) very sad in your hope chest yeah, something like that. It's in your uh, hope it's, chest. it's it's in the garage actually. But <laughs> I, you know, I think this is a great time to uh, to bring Spawn back. Yeah. I think this I is agree. this is the perfect time to bring Spawn back. I mean, it, it's it's mystical, it's dark, it's demonic. Mm-hmm. And I think with with Marvel going in that direction with magic, which we're going to get a lot more Doctor of here with Strange. Doctor Strange here, and we're not going to really be able to talk about that. That will be something I will be talking about in future shows. You saw the but, photo of Benedict Cumberbatch. Well, yeah, that of got course. Leaked. I've been right. spreading it all over the fucking place. Ah, he looks so good. I'm so excited, I'm, I'm so excited to so see. For that. To I will see say this. that the Viking is a Cumberbitch. Oh man, <laughs> hey, um, I, we're all Cumberbitches at this oh, time. Thank you. Oh, I'm, I'm a Cumberbun. Okay, thank you. <laughs> You're a Cumberbun. Yeah, I'm I'm so stoked um, about magic getting a big resurgence, and yeah. and I'm looking forward to what Marvel's going to do. But well, in this that is, vein, this I'm, is a prime opportunity. Yeah, this for... is a beautiful opportunity for that to go ahead. But I don't mm-hmm. think that we're going to see something until next year with Spawn. At the very least, I, I mean, at this point, he's just finished the script, so now he's got to go right. shop it around. Now it's got to get green lighted. Yeah, and I think he's. I think he's largely going to be funding it by himself too, because I think he he seems to be expecting difficulty uh, finding a major studio to pick it up. Well, now, this guy that, was like a big thing once upon a time. Oh, well, I mean, well, he, just... well, he still is. I mean, you know, when you go back to the conversation about the toys and stuff, I mean, he was he's the guy who's responsible for for turning the action figure industry into what it is today with McFarland Toys. I mean, that guy oh, yeah. was leading the charge with these with these high dollar collectibles Mm -hmm. long before anybody else even thought that that was going to be a thing to do. Right. Um, But at the same time, it's like you said, with we have Dr. Strange coming up, which is going to start bringing the magic and the mysticism into the aspect of comic book stories into the franchise. So that's now going to be part of, and that's now going to become a, 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 a hybridized kind of storytelling vehicle of like comic book heroes that are, that use magic and don't use technology yeah. or have inborn superpowers. Yeah. It's something fairly specific. Or gadgets. Yeah, yeah, it's something specific and a bit more narrow, right? But Doctor Strange, I think, will open the door to that. But I don't think, to me, I think it's probably going to be a bit longer. Like, probably after Doctor Strange comes out, we'll see how well it does it's in the theaters. Do well. It's probably going to do well. It's going to do really well. I, mean, I don't, this, this I don't is, doubt it. This is Disney going into horror. Yeah. They've got one of the best horror directors mm-hmm. 
This is going to be kind it's of a be, scary it's movie. It's going to be spooky. It's going to be yeah. delightful. But I think, like I said, that's going to open the door to allow a guy like Todd McFarlane to be like, "Hey, remember Spawn? Remember yeah. the fucking remember the demon? Remember the demon general, devil's army leader that and I do created? It properly. That yeah. that made you making this movie a little bit possible? Yeah, remember me? Let's yeah. make my film. You know, um, and I think yeah, I think at that point we'll be able to finally make it happen." My um, fingers, toes, testicles, the lot. <laughs> who would be good to play? Who who could play Spawn? <sighs> now that's tough, right there. Who, I mean, who would be good for this role? I mean, Al Simmons in the comics was was uh, was a black guy. He's a black dude. So if they change him to a white guy, I'm going to be pissed. They better fucking not. Um, Maybe they should get Idris Elba to play him. <gasps> He's too old. Oh fuck no! no. He could still do it. No, he could do it. No, he could be like he a, made an no. awesome fucking. I would rather him. Be, I would rather him be James Bond. Hey, I've got some well, Idris Elba news. I mean, I guess maybe he could do both. I've got some Idris Elba news, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna, let's keep talking about Spawn here for a minute. Um, Idris Elba, I think, would be brilliant. I As think Spawn. he would be brilliant. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I love the idea of him playing I Spawn. He, I still think he's too old. I don't, I don't think he would. I, I, I don't, I'm not saying he's that he, fit for it. He's I'm not saying, I'm not saying that he, I'm not saying that he isn't capable. He's I'm got just the voice saying, for it. I'm just saying that he's too old. He's got the Hollywood. Presence. Hollywood will declare that he is too old to play Spawn. Well, how old is Idris Elba? He's like in his fifties. Fuck off! He is not that old. Yeah, no, no he's there's no way. He's like he's like there's in his late. No I think way. he's like in his late forties, early fifties. I'm, I'm pretty sure. Out. I don't know. I mean, he his portrayal. You know, this is the Viking speaking. Uh, his portrayal of Heimdall in the Thor movies. Yep. I mean, they made him so fucking badass. It was such a surprise and a joy to see a black actor hey. play a Norse god. Hey, hmm. he's forty-two, bitch. Forty-two. Okay. I think he could do it. He's I think born he could in be seventy-two. Um, who's a fan of the Dark Tower series by Stephen King? That would be me. Okay. Yeah. So it's been officially announced. Idris Elba is playing is Roland, the gunslinger. And Matthew McConaughey is playing the man in black. Randall Flagg. Fuck yes. That's going to be so dope. We get Dark Tower Part 1. Apparently we get it in like the end of January or February of next year. Shut up. Now I hate that it's coming out that early in the year. I really am not happy about it. But with two huge Hollywood stars like that. Oh, mm -hmm. dude. No, it's going to be so dope. There's key characters that they have yet to cast. That's Eddie oh, no. Dean and Susanna yeah. and yeah. Jake. And they, and Jake, which is going to be huge. Huge. Mm -hmm. huge. huge. Some kid is going to get a huge some start. Some kid is going to get a and huge. It's going to be some unknown. And, well, no, yeah. but if you remember how the first book um, ends, I mean, yes. he's he comes out of the dark tunnel after sacrificing Jake. Yes. And he holds Polliver with the man in black uh, at, at a campfire. And mm -hmm. that's how book one ends. Yeah. And then book two opens. No, excuse me. He has Polliver with him. Uh, there's like an enchanted rabbit that he refuses to eat, but then he produces a pouch of tobacco, uh, which he can't, Roland cannot pass up. Um, and then they, they do all this, and he goes on this crazy psychedelic trip. And then he wakes up next to the fire. In book right. two, he wakes up in the fire. Yeah. And he's aged like seven or eight years or something like right, that. Or right. more than that. And then but we don't get Susanna. We don't get Susanna or the other dude until the the, the drawing Eddie. of the three, which right. is book two. Right. So they, they just need to cast Jake. Yeah. You're right. You're right. They do all just they need, need to cast is, Jake. Yeah, all they need but, is Jake, the man in black, and Roland. But as somebody who has read this series more than one, on yep. one occasion, yep. I, I don't know how they're going to do it. But if I were to do it, I would combine books one and two 
because the drawing of the three book one is very hard to read it is very slow very yeah. drawn out yeah there's and, a lot and, of work and, through and the way they it's not actually be, a lot that happens in yeah book one. they're the studio is going to be risking a lot banking on the hopes that an audience is going to stay engaged they're right. probably going to write in some extra shit without a doubt but Unless. the drawing of the three is the book that got me into the series mm. If I were them, I would find a way to combine the two. Stephen King's about to be the new J.K. Rowling, everybody. They're going to take his mega franchise and fucking... There are seven, (laughs) well, eight books. Seven Uh, books. There are eight books. Oh, yeah, right. He 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 released a little side book. takes place in the middle of five and six or in the middle of four and five five and six. Getting back to the the Spawn thing, Uh um, I found someone that I think would make a fucking phenomenal Al Simmons. Don't tell me The Rock. No, Michael Jai White. Oh, I know the name. Why do I know the Did name? Did you ever see Black Dynamite? Yeah, I think so. Oh, dude. No, he's he's fucking fantastic. Michael Jai White. Michael Jai White. He was in a he was in a great indie film uh that he did with a couple guys called Black Dynamite, which is this like it's a black exploitation satire film. A that, black exploitation that satire. Is oh delightful. No, he did play Spawn Dipshit. Was that who already was this, that him? This, did he play in the original? Yes, he was the original Spawn. You should just do it again then. Well, fuck <laughs> off. I found the best guy to do it. Scroll down for a minute. Somebody, Known for Spawn, bitch. Somebody already did it. Okay. Uh, you're stupid. Well, then, I, then I'm right. You're though. stupid. No, but I'm still right. You're fucking stupid. I mean, so he the already, minute I saw this guy's face, I'm like, you're an idiot. Well, he already, he already did it, which you're means he's the right man for the Randall. job. So um, somebody already, somebody already <laughs> believed it. I don't call it. people stupid, but Randall, you're stupid. Somebody already believed that he was the right man for the job, and I still do. I stand behind Michael Jai White playing, reprising his role as spawn yeah well you know what great he can reprise the role all he wants but no it's not gonna happen i'm, I'm gonna sorry re- i'm gonna I'm reprise totally your team face fucking idris elba Are you team yeah. elba yeah absolutely dumbass <laughs> you're fucking stupid randall pink but we'll definitely have to get more into the dark terror series oh my god when it I starts happening because i am no big no, time no, Stephen I, I will King be fan. bringing more in here anyways the thing i'd really like to see happen with spawn uh, as opposed to making a feature-length film, uh, which I think would be fun and would be awesome and stuff, is I would much rather see Spawn made into a series on like Netflix. You know what I mean? Like take this in, take I this and serialize it, and make it an great. ongoing because because this story lends itself. I mean, again, because it's a fucking comic book. I mean, obviously, you know, I mean the Avengers and. And, and and all the Marvel stuff and all the DC stuff. It's comic books, so obviously it lends itself. But those those things, so many of those things lend themselves really well to, to cinema, to telling these kind of short and sweet stories where the Spawn story is long and complicated and drawn out. And there's a lot of like, there's a lot of character development and there's a lot of interaction that goes on. There's a lot of layers. And I think given the success of shows like Daredevil and Jessica Jones, which have proven that you can do these darker, grittier, more fucked up superhero genre takes that Todd McFarlane could do Spawn as a Netflix show and probably get it greenlit sooner as a as a as a Netflix franchise than as a than as a major 
studio film. And then give it a lot more area to create story, paint the picture, build the atmosphere. Right, because you could do it, because you could commit to, they could commit to 12 episodes and do a season, and then if it's a flop, then it's over. Then it was a 12 run. Then it's a 12, then it's a 12 episode run, and it's good, and we got it. Mm -hmm. If it's good and it sells, then that, opens up to do another season and another and another and you could go watch through the shit out of that spawn is such a long-running franchise oh, i mean it's mm-hmm. and, and the single i think what the single continuous story runs what like i think a hundred and like a the 106 like 106 up- issues issues yeah. and the walk i mean the walking dead is longer at this point which is yeah. fucking incredible but yeah. 106 issues single running story that's a huge fucking arc and yeah. you could easily turn that into you could easily turn that into six or seven series, six or seven seasons of a TV show if you wanted to. You could, um, and I think that would make. I think that on Netflix would make a much better. You'd be able to do so much more with it. Yeah. Uh, being that it is irrespective of things like MPAA ratings, you mm-hmm. can do a lot more dark, fucked yeah. up shit with it. Mm-hmm. You can explore these these darker overtones and like i said with the success of daredevil and jessica jones i think we've shown that there's definitely a market for doing these darker grittier more fucked up takes on the superhero franchise definitely agree there yeah and that's that's the advantage of having a streaming service like netflix picking up shows like this i mean it's it's proven that it can work and yeah i agree 100 percent. spawn would be great as a netflix series if they just picked up image titles Period. Because I would love to see somebody do like. Did you guys ever watch the Max cartoon? Sure. Okay. Yeah, I was yeah. a big fan of the Max Lobo. Comic book. I was a huge fan. Lobo, Lobo. would be super fun Lobo, too. Big fan. But I would love to see yeah, like eat like like the Max and 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 Lobo and stuff like that. The Max I think could make a. I mean, they did the cartoon show of it, and the cartoon show was really brilliant. Um, I don't know how well something like that would necessarily translate into tele- into into movies or TV, but I think you could maybe do it as a movie or not as a movie, maybe do it as a, a as a TV series. Yeah. Um, but it, you'd have to be, I don't know, I don't know if the Max could work. The Max is so weird and it's so abstract mm-hmm. and the character is so odd. You'd have to find it, it would it would be all about whoever's playing the the main character. Obviously, I mean, obviously, every one of these things up centers around well, who's the hero or the mm-hmm. anti-hero, and then who's the villain, and mm-hmm. so you would need to have like who's the guy that's going to play the Max? He's got to be able to knock it out of the park, and who's the guy that's going to play? Um, God, I can't remember his fucking name, but the bad guy, the the weirdo. I don't know. Um, but yeah, lo- but yeah, I think more more stuff like that. More, more superhero TV shows that are like dark and and fucked up would be delightful. Do you have trouble holding the lighter while you're hitting the bong? Well, we've got a solution to that, don't we? Drop it on the table. Drop it on the table. Call us here at the Plex. 1-408-457-1757. Pacific Standard Time, 9 to midnight. We're here for you. As I'm sure a lot of people have heard lately, cars are on the verge of being able to drive themselves. This was kind of a hot button issue the other night on NPR. I was driving uh, to work in Mountain View, which coincidentally enough is where all of these autonomous vehicles are being tested. And when I say they are being tested, the Google employees are being given these cars to drive home, or rather, 
these cars are given to Google employees and these cars are driving them home. Because it's right. Google who's spearheading the project well, primarily, right? Yeah. Yeah. No, no, it's not primarily. This is Google. Mm-hmm. It's Google, only them? Google. This is only oh. Google. I don't know who the manufacturer is, but these... Um, well, they're obviously working in conjunction with some other people to develop the tech, yes, but, but this is, it's yeah, their it's, name it's on it. It's Google. It's Google. And uh, basically, I mean, these are some of the ugliest things you've ever seen because there's a giant... Oh, I've seen them floating around. There's a giant around, yeah. camera mounted on top of the hood. And, I mean, this this looks like they cut the very front of um, uh, a 737 off, like the cockpit, and then they just put a boot on the back of it. And it's got a couple <laughs> wheels, you know. I mean, it's it's just it's it's ugly. It's not a aerodynamic at all. Aesthetically, it's not terribly pleasing. But you it gotta is, start somewhere. Well, you do have to start somewhere, and that's and that's absolutely fine. I mean, have there, some there, appreciation for the process. There literally is when you get into this thing. There's two seats. And then you've got a stereo system, so you can listen to music. There's no steering wheel. There's no pedals. Uh, this is this is possibly one of the, the the goofiest looking cars you've ever seen. And again, there's no steering wheel. There is no gas pedal, nor is there a brake pedal. Uh, and these things are very restricted. Uh, if you don't like driving slow on the, on the road or the highway, this is going to piss you <laughs> off because oh, yeah. it upholds to the speed limit exactly. Mm-hmm. Which is, well, you know, course. what it's supposed to be doing. But the car of the future here, very soon, the future is not far off. Um, Google is projecting that they're in the final test phase now, basically. They're projecting that in five years, all new cars are going to be driving themselves. That seems a bit high of an expectation. I, don't, I agree I don't that think it's kind of lofty. I, I, I see them being able to maybe start penetrating the market with a couple of models in certain areas. Well, I mean, it's not going to take over every single car on the road Hell in five no. years, which People is aren't with, clarification. Clarification. All new cars being made will either have this option or they will be specifically made for driving by themselves autonomous even, driving even that seems and, like kind of a tall order and there is hot contention especially in california right now because these are being built manufactured in california as to whether or not you need to have a license mm. to get in this car oh yeah because it drives Since itself it because driving. it does the driving for you right you are not controlling the vehicle at all all which again is another hot button issue mm. what happens if you need to for some reason control the vehicle right but so a big issue right now is, well, do you even have a, have to have a license to get in this thing and let it drive you somewhere? Mm-hmm. Well, that that uh, brings us to a good point about the story that we uh, got on the docket, which is, what was it? The National Highway Traffic Safety Agency ruled that autonomous cars are actually their own drivers. The car's artificial intelligence now is responsible for whatever happens when it's on the road, Which not the person, that's, not the person, not the person that's inside the car. So this decision has already been made that the car is responsible, not you, because if you don't have a gas pedal and a brake and a steering wheel and the car is moving along, what are you doing other than just listening to the radio? Which brings another point of contention up: auto insurance. Yeah, what happens when your car is responsible? <laughs> How do you insure something like that? And I know that that's been a big debate. Uh, as well is is you know does the AI need to does the AI go to get Geico his own insurance <laughs> and talk to the gecko? Well, no. Here, see, this is this is another thing here. So, given that these are going to be driving themselves, 
the company that produces, manufactures, the software engineers, all these other people, they are in turn going to be liable. So yeah. if you end up buying one of these cars, then there's like all this additional coverage and all of that that needs mm. to be provided by the company that's yeah. producing it to cover any liability damages. In the right. Um, you know, heaven forbid there's like a bad crash and somebody it dies. Shifts the, it, it, it shifts the responsibility around, but at the same time that shit's kind of a shell game too because then yeah. what the, because what a company like Google is going to do if they're the one producing the car is they're not going to have Google insurance. I mean, they might, but I oh they will. as part of Alphabet with the holding company and everything. But at the same time, they might just hand that shit off to Geico and be like, "You guys are our contracted yeah. front group to be." Yeah. So it's just kind of a shell game, really. So the insurance the insurance companies are not going to not get a cut. Oh yeah, of this action. Oh, yeah. Insurance companies Even aren't going to go might, the yeah. way of the dodo. They'll here. they'll no, they're not going anywhere. No. They're going to find their way into this shit. Of course, and they're they they're going to they're going to get their money because that's what they do. Here's the thing. I mean, this is a this is a step towards declaring the autonomy of artificial intelligence, which might seem really far fetched to think about today, but. You know, you read enough science fiction about AI. Fifty mm-hmm. years from now. Fifty years from now. If this is, if we're already here making this decision with the rate the technology is going, what's it going to look like? What's it going to look like in fifty years when we have, you know, giant like when when Google when when you know like I don't know fucking Google Drive is being run by some sort of AI server client that eliminates the need for for 1500 employees to run the Google Drive server farm, right? And right. then that thing now is the sole controlling entity of all this data and what kind of rights does it have and what if it decides it wants to break the law and release your shit to the you know release your shit to the public like or write you, a virus or write a virus to hack your shit. entire system mm-hmm. right and how do you how do you pro, how do you prosecute an artificial intelligence for breaking the law right <laughs> so so this is the reason why i used to work for google by the way mm-hmm. not as an employee i delivered their packages anyways um this is why i've always said that google is in fact skynet this is this is true there can you can you elaborate on that um, you know, with the robotics technology that I know that they are working on, and of course, all of this artificial intelligence with the vehicles and some other stuff that they're doing, um, you know, and the fact that in, in the series, Skynet is in the Bay Area, mm-hmm. uh, if it was going to be any company in the Bay Area right now. We are going to roll out the red carpet for our new overlords. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, you know what? I, I for one, welcome my new overlords. You I know, know about the rest of I, I don't have issue, um, but I mean, I, I am a big fan of science fiction. Been reading science fiction. I mean, that was that's what I just that was my fodder. That's what I read, and that's what I just consumed voraciously when I was younger. And of course, I read I don't know how many stories about you know AI going awry and robot overlords, and you know the demise of of the human species at the hands of their um, you know their their computer creations. You know that that gave rise to smarter computers, and then oh shit! You know what? We're either wiped out or we're subservient to them now. So of course my brain goes there when people start talking about AI <laughs> yeah. and the steps that they're taking, right. and you know, wow. <laughs> Same. I no, go I-, I go straight to Battlestar Galactica. You know, oh, Cylons. Oh yeah, with the Cylons, man, and 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 oh man, if if something like that were to happen, shit. Well, see, for me, for me, it's like for for me, I read. Uh, Neuromancer by William Gibson when I was about 13 and he's the 
he's the 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 founder of the cyberpunk genre. He's the guy mm-hmm. that created yep. the idea of of the of the matrix of of the matrix and of the virtual reality network that we all plug into where we have physical avatars in virtual reality that is the internet where everything is manifested as a tangible thing and you you literally plug yourself in and go into another world and i was reading these books when i was 12 and 13 and and just and just looking at it going can i can i have the chip in my head already cuz i don't really like it here very much so can i can I go somewhere else and never have to leave my living room? Because <laughs> this is because this is amazing, you know. So, like I said, I for one welcome my new robot overlords. Google, can I have can I have your chip in my brain? Can I have some of your stock? Can I right? <laughs> so I spent about a week on the Gawker Network in their geek sector, trolling for shit for this uh, for this show, and I found a great story about the Internet Archive, whom I love. Because they they store and chronicle everything. And about, I guess it was maybe about a year ago, they did a big press release where they put a whole fuck ton of classic MS-DOS and early era Windows games on the Internet Archive that everyone could go. And uh, I, I think you, I'm, I'm not sure if you can actually download them or not, but they have an emulator built into the browser. You can so download them. You, you can download them. Yes. That's right. They're all public domain now, yes. right? So does that mean you have to download an emulator then for your no, laptop? No, well, that, I mean, you, well, you, might, you might. You might, considering okay. how old the games yeah, are. Yeah, 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 I would um, think so. But yeah, they're all available. Yeah, that's right. They're all available for download. Uh, tons and tons. And there's thousands and thousands of them already. Sim Earth. And they all already, yes. and and they, like, the coolest part, like I said, is that they have this emulator built into the browser so that you can load up, you can load up an instance of the game in the browser and play it. So you want to go play Doom? You want to go play Doom for like an hour? You can just go, and the it's the full Doom. the original yeah. Doom. You want to go play Wolfenstein? I played Wolfenstein 3D. Oh, I re I relived. I love 14. killing Nazis. <laughs> <laughs> I love killing Nazis. It's the best. No, I fucking dude. I relived. I relived my 14th year on this earth for like four hours on a Sunday afternoon. That when that shit first hit the fucking first hit the Internet Archive, I was so happy. And actually, it's funny that they have for the leading on this article. They have an instant uh, an image of. Of Sim Earth because I wasted a lot of fucking hours on that game. That's yep. the only sim. That was the only sim game I ever played, and and I I fucking dug it. And yeah, they just added what um, over a thousand games to the archive uh, just the other day. And same thing, you can go and play them all in your browser. It's all circa ninety one to I think maybe ninety four. And what's funny too is apparently they have metrics on them, so they can. I mean, of course they do. It's big data. Uh, and to be able to track who the favorites are, and apparently everybody's playing Monopoly. Yeah, it looks like it, it's the early favorite. The early favorite. Well, it, it's only got uh, views though, so it doesn't really catalog whether the game's being played or yeah, not. Yeah, yeah. I'm still waiting for them to put a favorite game of mine that I used to play um, on my old Windows system when I was like nine or ten years old. It was called Weltris. It was a 3D Tetris game where the that. pieces come at you from all sides of the screen and there, it's not on there yet but um internet archive if you're listening get some weltress on there please <laughs> <laughs> i think the first i'm trying to think the first pc game that i ever played i think was jeopardy i know it was either jeopardy or wheel of fortune or something to, one of the, one of those two i had i got my first i got my first pc when i was 
yeah, I think like 13. And um, the games were so, were so elementary. Um, and it's just amazing to go back and look through, to like look through all these titles and then look at the shit that we play today. And see how far we've come in such a short time, right? Oh yeah, yeah. You know, to- Tomb Raider's years. boobs are no longer like these, you know, triangle things. Yeah. They're nice and round and <laughs> supple, yeah. and, and, and they bounce. Yes, and they bounce, <laughs> and it's quite lovely to look at when Thank you're playing you, the Soul game. Thank you, Soul Caliber, for advancing titty bouncing rendering <laughs> technology <right>. for <laughs> the rest of mankind. Hats off to you, Soul Caliber developers. Thank you. Now we will have bouncing breasts in all of our games forever because <laughs> physics. In Amsterdam, a group of students have printed, 3D printed, a bike, and it's ugly as fuck. (laughs) (laughs) Sing is ugly as fuck. Uh, It is not not pretty. Obviously, we're not talking about an entire bike here. Looking at the picture, they've got the handlebars, they've got the wheels, they've got the, uh, you know, they've got the the pedals and the uh, the wheel hub. The only thing Uh, that's actually 3D printed is is the the actual frame. Everything Which, else is prefab. The frame, by the way, weighs a whopping 45 pounds. It's stupid heavy. And who the fuck wants to ride that now? If it looks can, like a net to catch fish. It does. Mm-hmm. It lo- You know, you could definitely catch bugs in this thing. It would get so <laughs> dirty so quick. But if you, like many kids when you were younger, put baseball cards in the spokes of your bike tires, you know, outside tearing around. This has plenty of places for you to decorate. <laughs> you can put streamers in this thing. I mean, it's it's it does. It looks like somebody just kind of meshed together this web-like material and uh, through wheels and an axle and a seat post and a seat on it. Well, this shit was basically some grown-up science fair project. Oh, well, no. The, this is students in Amsterdam. Yeah, so, I mean, I'm sure they did project. this. Yeah, it's, it's definitely a project now i'm it, it looks completely functional which is fantastic it's a lot mm-hmm. of fun but again the sheer weight of it i can't imagine like realistically riding this thing would be a pain in the ass well, i they, mean pushing that said, much weight well here's the thing i mean they they said when they were trying to build this up they they made a conscious decision to work on trying to build something initially that was stronger that was str- like to focus on strength over over weight, yeah. In order to get a solid sort of design, um, they could throw this thing over a cliff and it would probably still be just be, fine. I mean, the tires would be trashed, but the frame itself the would frame probably would be, be completely fine. usable. So, but that's the thing. I mean, they just they wanted to they wanted to build something that was going to be strong rather than than light in order to show how this could work. This is just some prototype shit. I mean, oh, yeah. The yeah, fact but that they, yeah. they this is this is something that these guys did because they can, yeah. not because they're not because they're trying to to sell or market this stuff, or sell or market this bike mm-hmm. as so much as they're trying to develop this technology, which then they can maybe go and sell to the bike industry, which is a like multi billion dollar international international thing. Um, I might my, my day job. I work at a bike shop for for those of you who who don't know and maybe don't care. Um, and we have a bike, uh, I sell, I, I work at a bike shop where I sell Trek bikes, sell Trek bicycles and they have the new, uh, this new bike called, uh, called Madone, which is the new aerodynamic, uh, road bike, uh, like the race, the new aerodynamic race bike that they made. They spent over a billion dollars in research over five years to develop this bike. And the baseline model is six grand. 
the top of the line model is thirteen grand. Well, that sounds like truck. And the thing is, is like yeah. they didn't build this because they wanted to sell a fuck ton of units of this bike. This this bike is like a it's like Ferrari basically. It's a high end fucking sports car. The race team rides it. The the you know super super wealthy you know mid tier high level tier racers who have an entire you know mechanic staff behind them on their stage races that can service the bike and they don't touch the shit except to get on it and go win and go win podium jerseys mm-hmm. right. This is who this is for. But the reason why you do this is the reason why Google developed the alphabet holding company and could put their fingers in a bunch of pots it's so that you can and so that you can use the money and the and the profits and the resources that you're gaining in order to innovate within your industry mm-hmm. in a way that can cause it to grow for everyone this is some trickle down shit they've now broken new ground with 3d printing technology mm-hmm. and this is something they can go and market to other people and be like, hey, if you do th- imagine if they did this with carbon fiber instead of if you could 3D print carbon fiber as opposed to I, I, I don't know what they use for this. If it was aluminum or, or was, steel I, or I think they use steel given the weight. Right. And so that's that's what I'm saying. I mean, this is they've now broken ground that they can now start to try to sell or license or or something to uh, to other manufacturers. Yeah. And there is absolutely a market. For people to look at the bigger, better mousetrap when it comes to cycling, and then the the possibility for taking this beyond. If you're in the San Jose area and would like to be on the Plex, please contact us through our website, EchoPlexMedia.com. All of the shows on Echoplex Media are powered by Ubuntu Studio. For more information, visit ubuntustudio.org. Obviously, with the talk of Walking Dead here, we're highlighting shows that we love regularly. Oh, dude, The Walking Dead is my shit. I know The Walking Dead is your love shit. Love this fucking show, with, dude. With that being said, we are going to be you know taking turns highlighting shows. Uh, Dead uh, Daredevil, obviously. Jessica Jones, when it comes back on, Dare, obviously. Dare, Dare Deadpool Dare, Devil. Dare Deadpool Devil. <laughs> we're, we're definitely going to take some time out and highlight shows as they're airing, as they're coming on. Uh, I, I think we're probably going to do a closeout of X-Files, maybe, but I'm not sure. We can if we done, want. Yeah. I think we can uh, We can kind of highlight what we really liked about it and kind of summarize you know, where we your feel, soapa, where bro. we're going with that. Mm-hmm. And I think we can do that on the next uh, episode that we have you on Viking. And I would, I would love to also talk about Vikings, the TV Fantastic, show. Fantastic, actually. Um, yeah. what, is it oh, you can totally, the, you can, you can totally spearhead that. Yeah. Is that into the second season or it third season It's now? fourth season. Fourth now. season. That's a lot to catch up on, but I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm keen. And they're following the, 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 the typical template of twelve episodes. Yes. Uh, yeah, or ten or twelve. Ten or twelve episodes. That's fine. So yeah. it's, it's mm-hmm. you can definitely gorge on it in a day yeah. per and, season. And you know, The Walking Dead has a comic book series, but if you want to know anything about where Vikings is going, you just have to read the saga of Ragnar, and you know where it's going. Is that what oh. they're? Is that what they're doing? Yes, exactly what they're doing. Oh, very nice. Yeah, That's pretty awesome. So expect more 
fun TV section. Actually, I rather I rather liked the way that this this kind of panned out here, talking about one specific show through yeah. through the lot of time there. Good. So mm-hmm. um, maybe well, there's a, there was a lot to there's a lot to there cover definitely was right there so. too. I mean, especially since you guys, especially since you guys haven't seen it. Like, well, I'm, that I'm a little me, behind again. Well, but. What, what was cool about that is that that gave me a that gave me as someone who has and uh the ability to do some exposition. Which well, you feels, had you you definitely brought your soapbox tonight. Yeah. yeah. Well, just I mean, and I know the I know the show fucking inside and out. I was I was just playing the NPR anchorman here, you know, just kind of prompting you in a few places and like letting you go off on your tangent. Well, and that's great because, like I said, I mean that opportunity for exposition that makes for good radio. Yeah, you know, that makes for a good segment. Thank you once again for joining us for another fun-filled evening of Face Four Radio. I've had fun with this one. Uh, I feel that we're getting better. We're getting a little. More concise when we hit on our stories behind the scenes at Face for Radio. Behind the scenes at Face for Radio, I uh, I'm this is this is definitely my baby here. I'm definitely feeling uh, you know impassioned and uh, almost consumed now. A few weeks in to this whole process, Harrison really needs you listeners to stroke his ego. Narcissist here. Love to hear myself talk, but I also need your appreciation and adoration as much as I need to hear my own voice. We need you. We need you to pet Harrison in the form of Patreon donations. Oh yeah, shucks. <laughs> <laughs> Just stroke his ego in the form of cold hard cash. Give me your money, People, or we need, we need money, or boobies on my cheeks. Boobies you know, I'll the, take that cheekies. that form of stroking as well. Thank you very much. <laughs> on the upcoming episode, we will be talking more Walking Dead. No Daredevil. Season two is ramping up here, and I think we have a few things to talk about in regard to that. I know we are going to talk about a fantastic film that I cannot wait to see, Hardcore Henry. If you guys haven't taken a look at the trailers, this is ridiculous. Shot entirely, by the looks of it, with a GoPro uh, attached to somebody's chest. The entire movie takes place as a first-person shooter. Looks brilliant. It looks chaotic and crazy and violent. And it has Sharto Copley, um, who you'll remember from the A Team and District Nine, uh, as well as uh, Elysium. <laughs> <laughs> and it also has uh, Tim Roth, who, well, if you don't know who the hell Tim Roth is, then you don't need to be listening to this show. So uh, stay tuned for lots more fun craziness. Randall, Viking, anything to say? <laughs> uh, once again, the Viking has had a splendid time, and I hope that your nerdgasm was excellent. Harrison just had his nerdgasm. Mm, I have nerdgasms. He was saving it for the very end of the episode. He's been very end. He's been he's been nerdily fapping underneath the <laughs> um, underneath the console there for the last uh, one hundred and fifty minutes or. Oh so. yeah, no, no, I've I've, I've got my little stuffed unicorn and constant. <laughs> <laughs> So, from the family at EchoplexMedia.com, you have been listening to Face for Radio. Thank you again for tuning in. Appreciate everybody listening. Look forward to many more weeks. Bye bye. <laughs> Good night, everybody. Come in and stay a while. Watch how I fly.
Just cry. 